You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, including the Himalaya Podcast app. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on on Twitter here with you all on this Thursday and oh boy are we going to get into it we'd planned to talk about second round picks on here kind of dive into that and then yesterday exploded starting with the Sports Illustrated article on Rich Paul I'll give you my thoughts on that not as bad as you would think actually we're going to talk about Anthony Davis and his culpability in all of this and then we're going to get an update because we got a ton of that on the Anthony Davis trade saga that's definitely what we need to be calling it at this point so let's just get right on into it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans So the morning started with the Rich Paul article in Sports Illustrated dropping and oh man did this just send off a flurry of things and you can tell who reads articles and who just reads the headlines and responds to what they see on Twitter and we've actually seen this a little bit over the past couple of days. I urge you guys if there's something out there try and read it uh, and not just respond to what you're hearing there because there's some misconceptions about it but in the article the main big takeaway is very clearly Anthony Davis wants to go to the Lakers. Rich Paul is going to do what he can to get Anthony Davis to the Lakers and if the Celtics trade for Anthony Davis, they are saying it is sure as shit a one-year rental, and he is going to be entering free agency in 2020, basically for any team other than the Lakers or the Knicks. That's nothing new, but everyone's kind of freaking out about this, saying, oh, it's the war through the media, and clearly the Celtics have the advantage in the Anthony Davis trade if this article was dropping yesterday. couple of things with that, because it's not entirely correct. This article, the interview that kind of is the the meat and potatoes of this, was done in March. All the stuff about AD being a rental, not wanting to stay in Boston, all of that, that was from March. This wasn't like a coordinated strike because this actually appears in the print edition of Sports Illustrated that came out yesterday as well as online. This in the publishing industry just takes a while to kind of set up. There's nothing about this that was coordinated by Rich Paul to make it drop yesterday when the printing schedule of it all was probably set two weeks ago with the distribution and everything you need. So... This is not a coordinated assault by Rich Paul. It's just timing. And Sports Illustrated didn't need to run this in March because it's not as timely or as interesting there or April or May. You do this close to the draft, close to free agency, when we all anticipated an Anthony Davis trade would go down. So this is not Rich Paul being upset or angry or scared or anything like that. It's just Sports Illustrated dropping their feature, which is actually a really interesting article about a very powerful person in the NBA and how he's gotten to that point through a very unconventional background and through a different path than you normally would. It's really intriguing. This is this is curious to see about kind of his rise to power and what he does for his clients. So this is not a coordinated assault or anything like that with Rich Paul. It's just Perfect timing because, well, it looks like we're maybe getting close to an Anthony Davis trade. So that out of the way, 
what what about the stuff in there? There's a whole hell of a lot and you could really read into it any number of ways. So obviously we know the stuff about AD being a rental. And Rich Paul talks about how he wants this dominant big man in LA who has a history of dominant big men in all of the championships that they've won. And that's a lot of his reasoning, their past of why he wants Anthony Davis there. You can't hear me rolling my eyes, but that's kind of what I'm doing. And that's because they have the worst record alongside the Knicks over the past half decade, the last five years. So you're past in the 60s, 70s, 80s, um, getting to a finals in the 90s, winning some finals in the early 2000s, um, as well as, you know, the end of the uh, 2000s, 2010. And so that doesn't matter because the head coach isn't there. It's a different front office. We've seen them be incredibly dysfunctional in all of that. Your past right now doesn't do shit for you and doesn't make you a good team. Otherwise, they would have been in the playoffs more recently than the past five or six years. And they haven't been. This is very clearly just Anthony Davis wants to go play for the Lakers for whatever reason it is. He just wants to play for the Lakers. And guess what? It's okay. He's allowed. You don't need to justify it with anything. He can just kind of do what he wants. He's an adult. He might not act like an adult, but he can certainly just choose what he would like to do. And yeah, that's kind of what you're seeing from Anthony Davis throughout this whole time. It's Awful. It hasn't been done the best way, but this is what he wants. This is not Rich Paul, a shadow puppet master, pulling the strings. He's pulling the strings because Anthony Davis wants him to do all of this. Anthony Davis is just as culpable and complicit in this. He could fire Rich Paul at any time he wanted. Anytime he wanted. You could move on from him, but he doesn't. He hasn't because he wants this. You know, if you fire your agent, you got to wait three months or something like that. Maybe it's one month to hire a new one officially with the NBA. He can deal with that because he's not negotiating a new contract right now. There's no reason why he can't not have an agent. It's not like the Pelicans are going to give him a new deal. They're going to offer him the Supermax. I could negotiate that for him. Or maybe they won't anymore. And so that's, I think, kind of the weird thing about this. If this was so bad, he knows it at this point. And he still wants all of this. So there you go. You know, he's just as culpable in the entirety of this as Rich Paul himself. So Rich Paul rubs a lot of people the wrong way because, frankly, he's just kind of doing things that are you're not used to seeing in the NBA and you're not used to seeing this approach get taken with everything. So I think it's interesting, but you know what? It's brutally effective, it's efficient, and for the most part, Rich Paul gets what he wants for his players or what his players want. And AD saw that and wanted to kind of take charge of everything and get into it all. So that's what you're seeing with Anthony Davis and Clutch and Rich Paul and all of that right now. It's not just a LeBron James thing. It's really an Anthony Davis thing. And this is just where he wants to go. That's really as simple as what it is. And that's, again, an okay thing. But doesn't mean he's making the best decision for winning necessarily. 
So I'm going to touch on this a little bit more in the next segment, and then we're going to pivot to all the AD trade talks and rumors and all of the bombs. And these were bombs yesterday that were flying around. Before I do that, make sure you download the Himalaya podcast app, and you've got to subscribe to Locked on Pelicans, particularly this week, as we've got our mock draft going on. I'm up there for the Pelicans, taking Zion Williamson number one overall, giving you some more background on just him as a player. We also have Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated, a draft expert giving his analysis after each selection and if you go listen to his about Zion Williamson it's like yeah this dude's perfect there's no weaknesses whatever and it was pretty great to hear that and it's got to make you feel even better as a Pelicans fan but if you want to know more about some of these uh, prospects or some of the draft needs for the teams that are picking in the lottery too make sure you listen it's going to give you insight you don't get elsewhere and you're going to get some more deeper analysis on these teams than you get with national media so make sure you download the Himalaya podcast app and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So to reiterate my point from the beginning in the last segment, this was not a coordinated kind of approach from Rich Paul. It's just unfortunate timing to make it kind of appear that way. And also really when you think about it, does Rich Paul know what the discussion between say the Pelicans and the Celtics are? It's not like David Griffin's just going to go to him and tell him. And it's not like anyone in the Celtics front office necessarily is going to leak this to Rich Paul, who then is going to go and try and undermine them and tank their offer so that they don't trade for Anthony Davis. Doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm not saying he doesn't know what's going on necessarily, but there's some hoops you've got to jump to and back channels and things like that. And it all gets a little bit murky and a little bit more complicated than probably really is. So... We'll see where that goes. But again, Anthony Davis fully complicit in all this. He wants to go to L.A. It's really as simple as that. And again, I'm somewhat sympathetic to him because he doesn't get to choose where he wants to play or what he does. Um, But it's also kind of what you sign up for when you enter the NBA. So it kind of just is what it is. And they are not handling this the best, I guess, for AD's brand necessarily. But... This is what's happening. This is the situation. He wants to go to a big market. And I think also part of it is because he doesn't have the best personality and maybe someone else could get those type of endorsements and stuff that he wants here in New Orleans, just like Giannis is getting in Milwaukee. But if you don't have the personality that kind of attracts that, maybe you do need to play in a big market if that's what you want. I get it. So he's made his choice. It's very clear what it is, but it doesn't seem to be impacting the Boston Celtics very much. So throughout the day, whether it was Shams, Woj, or Mark Stein, things were coming out and basically saying that the two front runners for Anthony Davis services are in fact the Lakers and the Boston Celtics. Woj went into some particular details about it, saying the Clippers and the New York Knicks have not really gained any traction with New Orleans in getting a deal done. So they're probably out of the running. He goes on to say that Boston, if they want, could end this. They could make the trade for AD because they have the pieces. It just doesn't seem like they're offering all of them and what New Orleans wants in return for Anthony Davis. Whereas the Lakers offer, well, not necessarily the best offer with everything because they're not particularly enamored with some of the players there. So they need to try and take that fourth pick in, frankly, if you're not picking in the top three, like it's that pick is not as worthwhile in this draft. Other years, a fourth pick's pretty good. This year, just 
No. So if you're picking four there, maybe use that to go get someone else and turn it into a three-team deal. Bring that guy to New Orleans who excites David Griffin and the Pelicans a little bit more than whoever could be drafted at four overall. And that's kind of where we stand right now. Maybe a bit of an impasse or potentially a deal getting really close to being done. It seems like the offers are on the table. They need to tweak them a little bit to try and get something done. And if the Lakers can rope in a third team, then maybe it makes a lot of sense to make a trade with them. And I'm not as down on a lot of those players as others are. And I don't care about any of the the schadenfreude or anything that's going to go on with this. Just make the best deal possible. I don't care if Lakers fans think they win or they don't win or if they're doing victory laps at all any uh, currently with it. Who cares? Focus on the Pelicans and let's get the best offer in and start building for the future and just beat those teams on the court and get to the playoffs and be more successful than they are. It's the best way to go about all of this. So that's kind of where we stand with the offers. In the next segment, we're going to touch on why it's not as big of a risk as you might think for the Celtics to move for Anthony Davis. But before that... We had some more news that came out with that team late in the evening that kind of threw us for a loop and had us all scared for a couple of seconds. And that was when, I think it was Woj, tweeted out that Kyrie Irving is parting ways with his longtime agent. Just a couple, you know, a couple weeks before free agency starts. Totally normal move. And before he tweeted out who he was signing with, oh my God, everyone think that he was going to be signing with Rich Paul and Clutch Sports because I, for one, did. But that turned out to not be the case, good or bad, and it turns out he's signing with Rock Nation, Jay-Z's agency, that has very strong ties to the Brooklyn Nets. The seemingly preferred destination, ordained destination for Kyrie Irving in free agency that he could be leaving Boston to go there. Does that mess things up and kind of throw kink into the plans of the Boston Celtics? Do you get AD, trade the assets for him, then lose Kyrie Irving, and what do you have? Well, I think it still can be okay, and we're going to talk about that coming right up. So, a lot of people think it's a huge risk trading for Anthony Davis if you're the Boston Celtics, but I'm going to tell you, it really isn't. When you kind of look at the landscape of everything in the NBA right now, so say they do the deal that I did in the mock draft, which was Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, the 14th overall pick in the future Memphis pick, and AD goes there. Cool, you gave up a lot. Now let's say Kyrie Irving bolts. You still have um, probably Terry Rozier, uh, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Anthony Davis, and Al Horford. That's pretty good starting five, to be honest, as I kick the mic here. Um, But yeah, it's a risk, especially if you think AD is going to walk in free agency. But he might not, and here's why. He's not going to leave and go to the Knicks if Kyrie Irving signs with the Nets and they don't have another superstar. Maybe they sign Durant, but that's still going to be a big question, and Durant's going to take at least a year to come back from the ACL surgery that he had the other day. So he's not going to New York this upcoming offseason. You know, no team that he's really going to want to might have cap space except for the Los Angeles Lakers. But then to sign Anthony Davis in free agency next year, they need to keep that cap space open. So they need to sign people to one-year deals. And maybe you don't get anyone good who wants to sign a one-year deal with you. Clearly, this is what they did this past offseason, and we see that that team was very, very flawed. 
So they can kind of try and preserve the cap space, have a very flawed team, and then you've wasted another year of LeBron James's prime. Can they really afford to do that? Is LeBron going to let them do that? Is Rich Paul going to let them do that? I'm not so sure. You've got to spend some of that money in free agency, and if you do, then you don't have a chance necessarily or a good chance at Anthony Davis next year without getting really creative in terms of your salary cap, which can be difficult. So there's a big problem here. And also, maybe after a year of winning in Boston, does AD really want to leave if the Lakers don't sign any big name in free agency this coming year? Because it's been reported that no one is really looking at them as a free agent destination. Maybe Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers, the Knicks, something like that. Who knows? But it's being reported by Zach Lowe and others and uh, and uh, Brian Windhorst Woj that they're not really being looked at right now in terms of free agency as a major destination for a lot of these star players. So if you're Boston and New York's not going to necessarily take AD, LA's not going to necessarily take AD, and you still have his bird rights and can offer him more money than any of those teams can, it's not the Supermax money, but it's not an insignificant advantage to have, maybe he ends up staying and realizing this and making the best of it. And we've already heard Kawhi Leonard didn't want to play in Toronto. He took him to a finals. We still don't know if he's going to stay or not, but Paul George didn't want to sign with or didn't want to go play in OKC. He signed a four or five year deal. I forget what it was with them. We've heard this all before, particularly with Kevin or um, Kevin Garnett. He didn't want to play for the Boston Celtics. Well, he really ended up playing for him and liking his time there and won a championship in his first season with them. I don't know if the Celtics are necessarily going to be scared when they realize they can make a big play for AD. Yeah, he might walk, but I think the chances of him walking are far more minimal. Just because he's entering free agency doesn't mean he's not going to re-sign with the team that he's on. There's a big difference with that. Hell, even with the Pelicans, if he's like, I want to sign the Supermax, still kind of technically potentially going to be entering free agency depending on when they do the deal, if they do it in the extension window or not. A lot of players enter free agency, but they re-sign with the original team. Kyrie Irving, who did just officially announce he's not opting into the final year of his deal, is was going to enter free agency even if we thought he was going to re-sign with the Boston Celtics. So I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit parsing the language too much. It's more semantics than anything. But yeah, he was always going to enter free agency and test it and take meetings with others. That was going to be how this was probably going to play out in the first place once he was not going to take the Supermax or at least maybe not sign it during the extension window. So I don't know if it's a huge risk for Boston to actually make this move. And I've talked with John Corrales, host of Locked on Celtics. He was actually on with Matt Moscona the other day, yesterday here in New Orleans on ESPN 100.3 radio. And he doesn't think it's a huge risk. And a lot of these teams that maybe make a move for Anthony Davis feel their culture will be enough to keep him there. They believe in that, kind of what the Pelicans are trying to build. It makes a lot of sense. And when you kind of survey the landscape around things, yeah, maybe it won't be as bad for the Celtics to kind of go all in for him because he's probably not going to go to the Knicks anymore. And the Lakers are going to, you're putting him in such a weird spot with what they do that either they suck for another year, have the cap space to sign AD, or they try to not be bad and maybe don't have the cap space to sign AD outright without getting creative. And you know what? To be fair, you can almost always get creative. So it's, there's a lot of moving parts to this. 
And David Griffin the other day, which I said could be just posturing, said there's not a shot clock on this thing. They're only going to do a deal if the right deal comes along. And maybe they do get a little bit further into free agency with Anthony Davis and, you know, say, okay, if you guys don't do anything, well, we're just going to keep him. And maybe they try and convince him. And maybe somehow he changes his mind, though I don't think that's very likely whatsoever. So we're going to see where this all goes. There's a lot more to come with it, certainly. So last thing I want to say, and we'll go a little bit longer in this segment. We're just kind of going all over the place here now. The stuff with the Lakers and getting a third team in and Bradley Beal. I don't think this is necessarily a realistic thing. Beal's 25, 26. He is young. Same draft class as Anthony Davis. I had him number two on my board that year. Um, and he went third or four overall. I think third, yeah. Um, and Thomas Robinson went four or five. Something like that, whatever. He is a very, very good player. Isn't going to get paid the Supermax because he missed out on all NBA because it went to Kemba Walker. And the Wizards are kind of in a weird spot because they need young guys on there that are making little money. Very, very little money. Because they are so far over the salary cap, they're close to being a tax team, and they have John Wall's Supermax kicking in next year. He makes like $37.5 million next year. He's not going to play a game for them. Oh, that's rough. You need to get in young guys on rookie scale deals to kind of just help you win and be competitive because there's no point in them not trying to be competitive. And, you know, you're so far over the cap. That's the only way it's going to happen because you can't really make moves in free agency. You'll have your non-taxpayer mid-level exception, most likely, and the biannual exception. It's It's like really it in terms of them really making significant moves in the offseason in free agency. So maybe you move Beal, get in a couple draft picks or some guys on rookie scale deals that can give you some of his production but are significantly cheaper and kind of help you across the board. And maybe you can keep fighting for the seventh or eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. So it makes sense to move Beal, but you don't move Beal for pennies on the dollar. The four pick for Beal, not happening. The four pick and Kyle Kuzma for Beal, not happening. And oh God, the Kyle Kuzma stuff. We're going to probably just go long on today's episode and we'll just keep the train rolling here. Um, The four pick and Kyle Kuzma is not going to get it done. It probably takes more than two draft picks to get Kyle uh, to get Bradley Beal off of that team. You might take a guy like Lonzo Ball, the four pick, and another good first round pick to bring in Bradley Beal. I don't know if there's a realistic deal where you can kind of fit with him. And Zach Lowe was saying it on the jump, I think, or on Sports Center that he looks around the league. And At first glance, he doesn't see that veteran player for the four pick that kind of makes sense. Bradley Beal certainly would be them or that guy, but it's going to take more than that. Maybe it's Aaron Gordon. Could be if the uh, Magic want to move on from him. A guy like Zach Levine, maybe. Certainly he could probably be had for the fourth pick, but that contract, just I'm not excited about that. You know, maybe David Griffin is. Cool. Yeah, that could probably happen, but because that fourth overall pick in this draft doesn't have a ton of value, or at least comparatively to other years, it's tough to kind of find that veteran player that would need to be added to the deal to make this work, and that's where things get complicated and really hurt the Lakers and maybe help the Boston Celtics. We probably should make a little bit fun of uh, some fun of the Lakers here on the podcast today because shit was just getting silly with them yesterday. I also have like Twitter up and I recorded this podcast later in the day just to see if something was going to break in the meantime. And I'm going to like check my phone at like four in the morning to see um, if 
there's something I need to record an emergency podcast. We'll see. Uh, but so, uh, oh, the Lakers. There we go. I'm all over the place today. It's been a long day. The Kyle, the Lakers stuff. Kyle Kuzma being said to be a sticking point in negotiations that the Pelicans can kind of have three or two out of the four big assets that Lakers have. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, the four pick, and Kyle Kuzma. Kind of pick what you want from there, but they're kind of being all valued equally, and you can't have all four, which is a good way for the Lakers not to get Anthony Davis. And sure, they can try and negotiate and not give up as much as possible, but this is what caused them to lose out on Anthony Davis at the trade deadline by getting cute with this. And all of a sudden, leaks started coming from all the people who were leaking things and reporting on things at the trade deadline, meaning it's all coming from the damn Lakers camp, and we're going through some of this shit again. Fun. Kyle Kuzma being the sticking point is kind of silly. Like, if Kyle Kuzma is the reason you don't trade for Anthony Davis, I don't know what to tell you. Then the Lakers are idiots. Kyle Kuzma is a fine player. Average, what, over 18 points per game? Awesome. Points per game is not the most accurate measure or only measure that you want to look at. Not an efficient player. Not great as a spot-up shooter. Not great in the pick and roll. I can go on and on and on. Six-man scoring man off the bench? Sure. But you don't care about that if it means you're getting Anthony frickin' Davis back. And I know the Lakers do internally absolutely love Kyle Kuzma. Love him. Favorite of Jeannie Buss, their owner. Oh my God, though. If that's the sticking point and you value him that highly that you don't end up making a trade because of it, I don't know what to tell people with the Lakers. It's just silly and stupid. And if people around the league value Kyle Kuzma that much, I would be stunned. Stunned. So I don't think that's necessarily the case. I, uh, you can make what you want out of all of this. There's too much negotiating in the media. And frankly, does David Griffin really seem like the guy who cares about that, like the Lakers do, or maybe the previous regime of the Pelicans did? Not at all. So I don't know why all of this is coming out, because frankly, I don't think it impacts much. Clearly, the Lakers are in negotiations for Anthony Davis because they want him. And they're not scared off by Rich Paul saying shit in the media. It does not matter whatsoever. That's why I always kind of laugh when people freak out over this stuff. Because who cares? The, the Celtics already knew this stuff about Anthony Davis not wanting to be there. They had been burned by the trade of Isaiah Thomas after all he gave for the franchise. That hurts them on this 100%. And it's, I think, one of the reasons why AD isn't too happy about necessarily playing there. So that's kind of the situation there with all of that. By the way, I forgot to mention in the Rich Paul article, he says the reason he publicly leaked the trade demand is because he went to Dell Demps in January and said, uh, you know, Anthony Davis wants a trade. Demps then tried to speak to Anthony Davis about it and kind of went around Rich Paul and Rich Paul was pissed about that and so leaked it to kind of just make it public because he didn't like what Dell Demps did, which, okay, I don't know really what you want to say there, but... AD would have told him, don't leak it or don't do this. And let me talk to Dell Demps if he actually wanted to speak to Dell Demps. So just more uh, examples of AD being complicit in all of this. So it's a mess. It's going to take a good bit to try and sort out and figure all out. But it feels like we could be close to a deal. But it also feels like we could be far away from everything. So we're going to see where it's going to go. We're, of course, going to cover it here on Locked On Pelicans. As always, I've got my mic ready for an emergency podcast if need be. So... We'll keep up with it all and we'll have it ready for you should anything break. 
So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Let me know on Twitter, at Nola Jake, what trade you want. Maybe we'll start, you know, we can open up the phone line to this. I think we could. Um, Let me get that number right here for you all. It's area code 504-321-0448. That's 504-321-0448. Call, leave a voicemail, tell me your name, where you're from, what the trade you want is. Don't be a jerk. Don't swear too much on things. Don't try and be a petty fan. Let me know what deal you want and why. Which guys do you like? Which guys don't you like? Give me a good in-depth reason on all of this. 504-321-0448. If we get enough, I'll definitely play them here on the podcast if we've done in the past. Let's get some more interactiveness going with it all so thank you all for listening as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and i'll be back with you all tomorrow